Please remain standing in body or in spirit for today's scripture lesson, a reading from the letter from Paul to the Philippians. Listen for the word of God. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, the work on your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and arguing, so that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation in which you shine like stars in the world, holding forth the word of life so that I can boast on the day of Christ that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. But even if I am poured out as a libation over the sacrifice and the service of your faith, I rejoice and I rejoice together with all of you in the same way. Also, you should rejoice and rejoice together with me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And please be seated. And thank you, Gene, for that wonderful reading of the scripture lesson this morning. And good morning, Christ Church family and friends. It is so good to be with you, whether you're here in person with us or if you're joining online, you're, you're welcome here as well. It is great for us to be together in worship. Uh, a couple of things as we continue uh, this morning. Uh, first of all, just a, a matter of a personal of privilege, I want to welcome my sister Gail and my mother Helen who are with us. Uh, just raise your hands. You can just raise your hands. Uh, they are with us from the Dayton, Ohio area. Thank you for your warm welcome of my family. It's my mother's 91st birthday this weekend, and we're celebrating her. Feel free to to say hi to them and talk with them after the service, but don't believe a word they say about me. (laughs) Let's join our hearts in prayer as we continue in worship today. Loving God, we we indeed thank you. Uh, Lord, we, we thank you that you call us as your very own people and that you've gathered us in this way today. As we continue in worship today, Lord, we are, we are just even more preciously aware of who we are in you and who we are to each other. Lord, we thank you for our Holy Land travelers that are, that are back now, and we, we thank you, Lord, for all the ways that we get to be in mission and ministry together. Sometimes that, that often usually happens either right here in this building or in our community, and sometimes it takes us halfway around the world. But however it happens, Lord, we indeed are are grateful for such experiences. Now, God, as we continue in worship, may the words of my mouth, uh, may the meditation of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer, and everybody said, amen. I'd like to start this morning with with a question, and the question is this, if you were a light, how would you shine? If you were a light, how would you shine? Would you shine like that candle lantern that I have? I bought it about 30 years ago, and I bought this candle lantern to take on backpacking trips with me when I was backcountry camping. And I've had it so many years, I've used it more times than I can literally count. And I have to tell you that even though it's a tiny little flame in this candle lantern, it has really been a great blessing to me over the years. Uh, If you're out in the middle of the woods and it's been raining all day and you have no hope of a campfire, it doesn't take much of a light, even from a little candle, to really cast off a warm light 
and to really lift the heart and the spirits in that moment. Or if it's been a really cold night, I used to go camping in the middle of the winter, believe it or not, and, and if it's not too windy outside, you can hang that candle lantern in your tent, and it'll actually raise the temperature inside the tent to a pretty comfortable, you know, up to 30 degrees, you know, as you're sleeping in there, so it's not too horrible. And I don't know why I do some of the things that I do. I question some of my choices, but would you shine like that? Or you have a flashlight, I have a flashlight. We probably have a dozen of them around the house in one way or another. And how useful is that kind of light? Would you shine like that? When the light goes out in the house at dark, you, you know exactly which drawer to go to. Uh, I have one in my kitchen, you have one in yours, where you grab that flashlight, you switch it on, it pierces the darkness. It's so useful. Would you shine like that, giving a direct, intense beam of light? Would you shine in a softer way that warms and comforts those around you? Or would you shine like the Apostle Paul is talking about, those Christians in Philippi shining? Would you shine like the stars? That's what the Apostle is talking about in this passage of Scripture that we heard this morning. Today we're continuing our message series, Becoming Free, and it's a series on Philippians. And when we look at Paul being in prison and the way that he is writing and the way he is living out his faith and encouraging the Philippians to do the same, it's a, it's a letter about rejoicing. It's a letter about freedom. No matter what your circumstances are, we, we saw in the first week this word about, about being free from just how ridiculously certain Paul was when he was Saul, a Pharisee, about how God worked in life in the world, and he was, he was free from that when he met Jesus on that road to Damascus. We've also seen as we progress through the letter in this series that, well, we're free from selfishness and self-centeredness when, when we really drill into Philippians and, and mine its truths for us. And, and today when we talk about becoming free and we look at what Paul is offering us, it seems as if he is is trying to set us free to shine. But to not just shine in any way, but to shine as stars in the world in which we live. Now, we can't really just pay attention to the passage you just heard without remembering what was shared last week because it's right before the passage you heard this morning. We started with the word today, with the word therefore. Therefore. And we all know when you're reading the Bible, whenever you find the word therefore, it's there for a reason, right? And what had happened up to that point, what Paul was just writing about was, was about Jesus. And he was reciting a, an ancient hymn or, or poem about, about Jesus, about, about even though he was equal with God, he didn't live his life as someone who was trying to be raised up, that he, uh, he lived his life in a humble way and an obedient way. He humbled himself and became obedient, obedient to even death upon a cross. And because of his life and death and resurrection, we were reminded in those verses just before the ones you heard this morning that, that he would be exalted as well, that someday, someday, every knee would bow, every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is what? Lord. That's right, Lord. Therefore, Paul continues, since you have been obedient, he says, in my presence and, and even in my absence, and then he talks about the way they have been living and that's when he says it, you will shine. You are going to shine. You are shining like stars in the world. You know, when you think about how they're doing that, you can see that Paul has a, has a word about, well, how they're, how they're living out their faith that's causing them to shine in such a way. And part of it has to do with the fact that he's telling them to, to work out their own salvation, 
because of the work of, of God that is in them and through them. When he's telling them to work out their own salvation, the, the, the original language of the text has the connotation of, of making the most out of it, of bringing the most out of an experience. If you were use the same word with a, with a plot of ground that you were going to raise crops on, you would say, work out the yield, work out the harvest of this crop. If it were a mine, work out every mineral you can out of this mine. But he's not talking about agriculture, of course. He's not talking about mine. He's talking about faith, and he's talking about salvation. And he's saying, work out your salvation. In other words, bring out the most of your salvation. Bring out the most of your faith. Let your faith be, be vibrant. Let it shine. Let it shine not just like a lantern. Let it shine not just like a flashlight. Let it shine like a star, because that does something in our world that other types of light that they don't do. When I think about shining and the way that we might, that we might shine if we, were, if we were a light, when I go back to that example of my, my candle lantern, uh, it's, a, it's a great kind of light. I need that kind of light. And if I were light and shine that way, it would be a blessing to one or two people. But that kind of light, even though it lifts the spirits, even though it warms the atmosphere a little bit, it doesn't have a great amount of impact for the world around me. And what about that flashlight? If I was going to shine like a flashlight, sometimes we need that kind of light. We need a piercing kind of light. We need a light to point to a specific thing or light up a pathway before us in the midst of darkness. But, well, flashlights, sometimes they pierce a little too much. Sometimes they can be a little hard on the eyes. If you catch a light from a flashlight in the eyes in a dark room, you know how annoying and blinding that can be. But Paul is telling us, Paul is telling us here, if you're going to shine, well, shine like the stars. Shine like stars in the world. What might that look like? When you think about stars in the night sky, uh, they, they shine the way they do, not just to make a, a, a beautiful scene against the backdrop of the, of the darkness of space. They're they shine, and the way in which they shine, and the way in which they uh, hover in, in our night sky have allowed people over the centuries, of course, to, to navigate by them. They don't just shine to give us a, a pretty view. They, they also shine to help us find the way. And maybe, maybe just part of what Paul is getting at here is he's calling those Christians in Philippi, and maybe he's calling even any or all of us today who who follow after Christ, who call Him and regard Him as our Lord, that He would call us to live our lives in such a way that they would point to something, that they would point to a particular truth, the truth of God's love that has been revealed in Christ Jesus, the, the love that, that we shine forth in and through our lives. I recently read an article about how there's a, a group of folks in the, the Polynesian area of our lives, and you know, before uh, the Polynesian culture was, was um, exposed to and largely transformed by, by Western explorers, uh, they found a way uh, to navigate vast, uh, vast areas of, of ocean without a compass, without a sextant, without any reliable means of keeping time. They found a way to do that simply by their knowledge of the stars, of the celestial bodies, using nothing more than their hands and a stick. 
They would be able to navigate across miles and miles of ocean, find a tiny little ocean, and then return back, and then return to it or explore and find more. It's called wayfinding. The stars had a way of helping them to navigate and point them toward something. Again, my flashlight might point to a little bit of a narrow beam. My candle lantern, that light will warm me. It might even let me read something for myself but it doesn't do much for anybody else. And quite frankly, I quit taking it on camping trips with me because I almost burned my tent down one night with it in there. Um, shine like stars in the world. And what a contrast that, that is. We are able to see the stars at night because it's dark, but of course our star, the sun during the day, because it's so bright, keeps us from seeing all the stars that are in the day sky as well. Maybe part of what Paul is getting at here, here is shining in the places where it's really dark. And we've all had that experience, perhaps. If you have children or grandchildren, especially around here in Kentucky, you've taken that trip down to Mammoth Cave, and you've taken that tour that practically every person who goes to that park goes on, where you go to the very depths of that cave, and the ranger thinks it's so cute and so funny to turn out the lights. Have you been, have you been on this tour? And it's utter darkness. And in the middle of that tour is when he or she has a little pinpoint of light that they turn on. And even though it's so small, it's unmistakably impactful. It dispels the darkness. Because in the midst of great darkness, even just a little bit of light goes a long way. When Paul was writing this to those Christians in Philippi, their, their very lives stood in contrast to what was going on around them. He spoke of a crooked and perverse generation and the way that they were relating to each other and caring for each other and loving for each other and loving the world around them. It, it, it really goes into what he was saying earlier in this letter to them about, well, putting the needs and the interests of others above even your own. And, and in this passage in particular, he, he mentions the the, the murmuring and, and the arguing uh, that uh, they are to, to, to not have as part of their life together. And, and I really think that he's not speaking to uh, the, the, the redemptive kind of calling out where there's an injustice or something wrong that needs to be talked about or worked through. He's talking about the non-redemptive kind of arguing and disunity and dysfunction that can plague any society or any culture or any, any community. And because they were living their lives faithfully, they were standing out. They were shining. They were shining like stars in the dark world. And you don't have to look for too many headlines today to see lots of examples of a crooked, twisted, or perverse world. We see that internationally. We see that nationally, regionally, even within our, our own city with all of the violence that we've been, been seeing, especially in recent years. There's something happens when people who are called by Jesus light when we shine and when we point that light or provide that light to guide others to a particular truth, that it makes a difference in the midst of, in the midst of darkness. So much so that, that Paul, who is contemplating his own, his own death, his own execution, which we, we know happened, that he talks about this idea of a drink offering or a libation, that that his life is being poured out like that. And, 
And if, in case you don't remember what that was, in pagan cultures in the ancient world, it was common to give what was called a drink offering. You pour out a drink before, after your meal. And Paul's using that as an example or an illustration to, to his life, his life of service, that it was somehow being poured out as a libation. Whether that be poured out in his death, whether it be poured out in his eventual release, where he could return uh, and be reunited with those people in Philippi, well, Paul had the same attitude about it. In fact, he used the word two or three times in those final verses, and the word was rejoice, not to fear that kind of an offering, not to have dread about that kind of an offering about his life, which might even mean his physical death, but instead to, to rejoice, to rejoice at the very idea that we can somehow join with Christ and join with the community around Christ and shine like stars and provide a guiding light for those around us and for our world. Remember that, that Jesus in Matthew 5 talked about us being light. He said, you are the light of the world, Jesus said. He said, you are a city shining on a hill. He said, nobody takes a, a lamp and lights it up in a house and puts a bucket over top of it. No, you, you, you put it up high in the house so it'll give light to everybody in the house. He said, likewise, let your light shine. Let it shine so that people will see your good deeds and give glory to your Father in heaven. It seems that Paul has taken this idea of a shining light, taking it to a, another perspective. And that's the idea of not just letting our light shine, but also being the kind of light that points to something that we all know and are striving to live more fully into. And that's the fact that God loves us, has come to us in Christ, and is leading us in the power of His Spirit. When I see the ministries of this church, when I see you as a body from my perspective, as, as our senior pastor, I, I think I see us shining like stars in the world all the time around here. You're certainly shining here, but we're shining in the world. And I'm not just talking about ministries in the West End or uh, addiction recovery ministries, those for sure, but how we love and care for each other and other ways that we love and care for this community, how we serve amongst one another is letting our light shine, but it's all shining, also shining like a star. Just last week after church, I, I heard someone in one of our meetings talk about not the few, not the dozens, not the even hundred or so, but literally hundreds of cards he received during his wife's illness and eventual death. Hundreds of letters. Every person who wrote that letter, every word that was penned or sent is a star shining in the world. So friends, if you were a light, how would you shine? Well, according to Jesus, you are the light, and you are to shine the light of His love and His grace, and you are to point with the light of your life, point to the love of God in Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.